and welcome to the Everyday Neuro podcast series. I'm your host, Dr. Janine Cooper, and I'm aiming to provide you with the knowledge and inspiration to understand the fascinating world of the human brain. So thanks again for joining me today, and I'd like to start this episode by asking you, how well did you sleep last night? Did you get a deep sleep? How long were you asleep for? Did you wake up at all? Well, personally, I had a pretty good night's sleep, but often I have really vivid dreams that play out like real-time scenarios. So they're in color and, you know, it's mostly fun, but on occasions, I have to say, not so much, um, but they're rare. Anyway, many people think sleep is just something we do as humans, but as we'll discover in today's episode, sleep is hugely important for our brain to maintain the balance or the equilibrium and for us to feel productive and in good mental, physical and emotional health. We're also going to be uncovering some of the myths about sleep and the best evidence-based treatment of one of the most common sleep disorders, insomnia. Now, to really explore this area properly and learn what insomnia is, we're actually going to be joined by an expert in the field, the amazing Dr. Michelle of The Sleep Sphere. Now, Michelle is an NHS-trained insomnia specialist, and she's also a cognitive neuroscientist. And probably one of the most important things for me is that she's a fantastic friend of mine too. So Michelle is going to be with us and it's her job to help people who are suffering with insomnia using the evidence-based approach, cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia, otherwise known as CBTI. Now, this is the gold standard treatment, which uses a range of strategies to improve sleep quality. And it's also known to be extremely effective for people with a range of different physical conditions that include chronic pain and also cancer, as well as helping to treat mental health conditions such as anxiety and depression. But before we chat with Dr. Michelle, I just want to remind you that any of the information that is in this episode, you can find in the show notes on the webpage. So that's the Everyday Neuro webpage and you go to the podcast uh, link and then to the show notes. So let's take a really good look at sleep and why it's fundamental to our health and well-being. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. 
Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Often when we experience sleep that leaves us feeling rested and ready for the day's activities, we refer to it as a good night's sleep. And as we slumber, our bodies perform many important activities, including the conservation of our energy levels. It also helps us to boost our immune system and even controls the hormones that are responsible for hunger. Sleep promotes restoration of the cells in our tissues, our muscles and our brain. And it really enables our brain to remove a lot of the toxic waste products that accumulate throughout the day. And then this allows us to feel much more alert when we wake. Sleep also supports our emotional well-being by activating areas that are involved in helping us to feel emotionally balanced. And this includes a region of the brain that we've talked about before called the amygdala. And this is, again, in charge of regulating our fear response, often called our fight or flight reaction. So when we don't get enough sleep in the short term, so it might be over a few days the amygdala can start to overreact and we might notice this as a feeling of feeling, well, a bit on edge or uneasy. But over longer periods of time, such as weeks or months, we might identify this as feeling stressed or anxious. As well as having a big impact on our overall well-being, another hugely important role of sleep is to help us consolidate or process the events of the day. Now, this really benefits our learning and memory and our ability to make decisions. And this important process takes place in a stage of sleep that we know as rapid eye movement, often termed as REM. REM is the fourth stage of a cycle of sleep that lasts approximately about 90 minutes. And the other stages are light sleep, so stages one and two, and deep sleep, stage three. The duration and the quality of each stage of sleep can vary significantly between nights and also people. And we're going to discuss reasons for changes to our sleep quality and duration later in this episode. Now, when we talk about our sleep and weight cycles, we're actually referring to our circadian rhythm, which is basically a 24-hour internal clock, or to be really accurate, it's about 24.1 hours. Now, it operates subconsciously, and it's controlled by the suprachiasmic nucleus, or the SCN, and this is located in the part of the brain called the hypothalamus. Now, these are complicated names, but they actually refer to small regions of the brain that are located behind our eyes. And the hypothalamus plays a crucial role in many important functions. So things like regulating our body temperature and releasing hormones. And this includes one that is hugely important for sleep. I'm sure you may have heard of it. It's called melatonin. Now, melatonin is produced when our internal clock or our circadian rhythm tells our body to sleep. Now, when we're exposed to sunlight, this adjusts the clock so that it stays aligned with day and night. And that's why we often feel sleepy if we've been to a time zone that's different to our own or haven't been exposed to enough daylight. 
The second process, in addition to our circadian rhythm, that helps to regulate our sleep is something known as sleep homeostasis. And this is also known as our sleep drive or sleep pressure. As our time awake increases throughout the day, we're actually building up more and more of this sleep pressure. Biochemically, this is adenosine, which is a byproduct of our metabolism. And this sleep pressure then reduces and resets as we sleep. So both our circadian rhythm and our sleep homeostasis or pressure interact to generate the timing of our sleep. Now, I don't know about you, but I think that's pretty damn fascinating stuff and really helps me to understand why daylight and getting up possibly at the same time every day and trying to go to bed at the same time every night is really important. For many people, a good night's sleep is linked to the amount of time spent sleeping. However, the recommended amount is open to debate and it's subject to often misleading information. Now, unfortunately for people who have chronic sleep issues, this can have a terrible effect on well-being and health. And to talk about this, the myths of sleep, as well as ways to treat chronic sleep problems, I would now like to introduce you to the fantastic Dr. Michelle of The Sleep Sphere. Hello, Michelle. Thanks a million for joining us today. I'm really excited you've kindly agreed to chat with us because your knowledge in this area is just fantastic. And for anyone listening who has problems with their sleep, I'm sure you'll be able to provide some real insight into how to get support and treatment. Thank you so much, Janine. I'm absolutely delighted to be here to talk to you about sleep today. Oh, it's just fabulous. So thanks so much, Michelle, because I'm sure there's many people who are listening that would like to know more about this topic because, you know, often we worry about not getting enough sleep and how this might affect us in the longer term. So my first question I'd like to ask you is that I have heard that the amount of sleep we require differs with age. Is this correct? Yes, you're absolutely right, Janine. The amount of sleep that we need definitely changes with our age. Babies, children, teenagers need much more sleep and that's reflective of the scale of rapid brain and physiological development that's going on. Whereas a senior adult in their 70s will actually get an hour and a half less sleep than they did in their 20s. So yes, sleep changes a lot as we get older. I'd also like to know, Michelle, that I've always been told that I need to get about eight hours of sleep to really feel rested. Now, is that true? And is it also the case that if I don't get eight hours, will there be detrimental effects to me? The issue of whether we really need eight hours of sleep to feel refreshed is a really interesting point. Well, it's a good general goal to reach for, it's good to bear in mind that not all of us actually necessarily need exactly eight hours. The amount of hours of sleep that we need is a hugely individual thing and there's variation either side of that eight hour average. There are some who feel absolutely fine on five hours sleep, they feel perfectly good during the day, where there's others that actually need 11, maybe even 12 hours of sleep for them to feel good in the day. So what's more important is actually how you feel in the daytime, whether you feel refreshed and alert or not, rather than the actual number of hours. Unfortunately, this eight hour concept is very, very embedded in our culture. And that has created a lot of pressure in those who are worried about their sleep, especially for those with insomnia. And that kind of pressure and anxiety actually makes sleep that but even more elusive for them. 
and is actually feeding and fueling some people's insomnia. So that's an important point to bear in mind. So I realise it's not always possible, you know, to get the recommended amount of sleep or the amount of sleep you personally need. And so, you know, from time to time, we might experience the occasional short term change to that sleep pattern that we talked about earlier. But Michelle, could you describe what is the difference between the occasional bad night's sleep that we might have and someone that might be experiencing the kind of sleep conditions that you're able to help with? Yes, Janine. If we experience a few bad nights, as horrible and awful as that is, it's actually a very normal and natural response to stress and it can resolve quite quickly. Then we have what's known as acute insomnia and that's defined as a period of poor sleep lasting from two weeks to a maximum of three months. And it's usually caused by stress and actually anything that's challenging our resources. Acute insomnia can fade on its own as time passes and as the person adjusts to the initial stress trigger. It might be helpful to note the CBTI, a cognitive behavioural therapy for insomnia, is known to help treat acute insomnia and actually acts as a preventative, as in it stops acute insomnia transitioning into something more chronic. So it stops the development of chronic insomnia. And there's actually really great work coming out from Professor Jason Ellis in Northumbria University on this. I'll definitely be looking out for that. So I suppose I'm wondering, how does initial acute sleep loss develop into something chronic and um, persistent? And just now to explain how chronic insomnia is defined. So it's been defined by the International Classification of Sleep Disorders or the ICSD as despite having the opportunity for sleep, we have difficulty either falling asleep, staying asleep or waking too early or all of the above. And that's occurring on three or more nights a week for three months or longer. And this difficulty is not better explained by another sleep disorder or a medical condition or a medication and is often typically accompanied by significant daytime distress or impairment in day- daytime function. For example, feeling irritable, low mood or difficulty concentrating. A lot of people with chronic insomnia tend not to actually feel sleepy during the daytime What's more typically described is actually a feeling of being tired but wired. That's something I often hear in my clinic. I find that so interesting, Michelle, as I'm sure many people are familiar with that feeling, you know, of being tired but wired. And in some cases, I'm sure they're not even aware that they might have the early stages of potential, you know, acute insomnia or even chronic insomnia. So could you tell us a little bit more about the mechanisms Transitioning from acute insomnia into something more entrenched and longer term is usually caused by what's known as perpetuating factors. And these are ways of thinking and doing that actually feed and fuel the insomnia. So a behaviour example here of one of these perpetuating factors might be chasing sleep. So that might be the likes of going to bed too early or staying in bed late, trying to capture as much sleep as possible and spending too much time in bed. A cognitive example here would be ruminating about sleep 
and worry about the consequences of poor sleep. And both of these examples, this behavioural and cognitive example that I've given here, they're incredibly natural, normal responses in a way that we try to compensate and cope with this initial sleep loss. But unfortunately, it becomes part of this vicious cycle and actually makes our sleep worse. And just to note here that it might be the case that the initial stress or trigger of our sleep loss in the first place might actually have resolved or gone at this point. But now the insomnia is existing in its own right. So the poor sleep is now the focus of your stress here now in the case of chronic insomnia. So the stressor has gone, but the sort of behavior, this insomnia is now with you and and obviously something that needs professional treatment most likely. Now, I think one of the areas that I've always found a little bit tricky to navigate is the difference between insomnia and sleep deprivation. Um, I've read quite a bit about it and I find the area gets a little bit muddy. So I'm really hoping that you can really shed some light to us on this area. So what is the difference between, um, you know, sleep deprivation and insomnia? Yes, the difference between sleep deprivation and insomnia is a really important distinction to make. So with insomnia, we have the perfect conditions for sleep. We have the perfect opportunity to sleep, but sleep does not come to us. So we don't have the ability to sleep despite having the opportunity. And this is something that can become predictable as it happens night after night. And because it becomes predictable, physiologically, our brains and our bodies can adapt to this. So physiologically, we adapt in order to protect us from the sleep loss. So actually, we develop a protective mechanism here in the instance of chronic insomnia. However, with sleep deprivation, it's actually the reverse going on. So with sleep deprivation, I have the ability to sleep, as in I could fall asleep right now, but I don't have the opportunity to sleep. So something is keeping me awake. For example, the neighbor's dog is barking or the baby is crying or the, I have an illness or a condition, for example, sleep apnea that's waking me up. So all of these events are unpredictable. And with these events being unpredictable, physiologically, we can't adapt or habituate in the same way. And it's for this reason is why sleep deprivation is actually more harmful than insomnia. And also just to note, if you're not giving yourself enough time for sleep, that's actually sleep deprivation, not insomnia. And another thing to note is that you might notice in some media headlines, articles about sleep that might be out there, sometimes insomnia and sleep deprivation can kind of get lumped together in these articles. And there can be quite scary headlines out there. But unfortunately, this just feeds and fuels our anxiety, especially in those people who are predisposed towards having insomnia. So it's just something important to be aware of and to keep in mind when you see information out there about sleep, to be aware of this important distinction between insomnia and sleep deprivation. So there are actually two 
they're related but there's actually two different processes going on and they have different consequences for us oh you've really helped me to understand the difference you really have and so now that we understand in more detail about insomnia what is the best effective treatment michelle Yes, Janine. So the most effective treatment for insomnia is known as as cognitive behavioural therapy for insomnia. And this is essentially a multi-component treatment strategy that addresses our thoughts and behaviours that negatively affect our sleep. It's known as the number one recommended treatment both here in the UK by the NHS, by the National Institute of Health in America, and also the number one treatment treatment for chronic insomnia in Australia and also internationally all around the world. CBTI is backed up by over 100 large clinical trials and actually there's so many studies coming out that it's actually quite difficult to keep up with the amount of literature that comes out uh, week after week. So there's an amazing amount of evidence that really supports this as such an evidence-based treatment strategy for chronic insomnia. CBTI is known to bring specifically an improvement in our sleep efficiency, also an improvement in our sleep latency, so that's how long it takes us to fall asleep, also an improvement in our awakening time and a reduction in our awakenings during the night, and also it brings an increase in our total sleep time. CBTI is also known to be more effective in the long term than sleep medication. So there are studies that have shown when you compare CBTI and sleep medication head to head, that in the short term, both sleep medication and CBTI are equally effective. However, in the longer term, the improvements generated by CBTI actually are much more longer lasting and remain and are persistent over time compared to sleep medication. So the impact of sleep medication, as you probably know, does wear off much more and more quickly. And one of the many fantastic things about CBTI is that there's no side effects. And of course, it's completely natural treatment. I think that's going to be of great relief to many people who don't like taking medication. So, you know, there's other sort of conditions I realise that probably CBTI can support alongside chronic insomnia. Could you tell us what those are, please? CBTI has also been shown to work successfully in those who have other medical issues as well. So, for example, those with chronic pain, those with cancer, people with mental health conditions such as anxiety and depression, and also in people with post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. I just think this is such a fascinating area and also knowing that CBTI can, you know, help a whole collection of issues is just so important alongside chronic insomnia. Michelle, I just want to give you a huge thank you um, for joining us today. I'm sure there are many people alongside me who really now get the difference between sleep deprivation and um, insomnia. But also I'd like to ask you one last question and that is what if somebody listening today does identify with some of these symptoms and they'd like to seek more support? Could you tell us how we can contact you and and how we can get more information? Thank you so much for having me Janine. I really appreciate it. Fantastic to be on your amazing podcast. If anyone would like to contact me, I'd love if you can get in touch. My website is The Sleep Sphere. So if you just put The Sleep Sphere into Google, that should come up. 
And on that, I have some uh, free resources. So that includes some audio relaxation guides and also some articles on sleep and insomnia. My email address is michelle at thesleepsphere.com and my Instagram is at thesleepsphere. If anyone would like to have some support from me, I offer assessments and also six-week CBTI courses. Just to let you know, I can offer those over Zoom as well. I often um, do these sessions over Zoom uh, with clients from all around the world. Thank you so much. Thank you, Michelle. And that's the wonderful Dr. Michelle from The Sleep Sphere. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. So today we've really covered what is insomnia and how it differs from sleep deprivation and I really hope it's given you some insight, I know it has me, into just you know what the differences are, those, those processes that um, are at the, the, the bottom of chronic insomnia and how we can use CBTI to effectively treat the um, symptoms of chronic insomnia without the need for medication. But perhaps you're thinking, well, I don't really have any real problems with sleep, um, but I would like to know more about how it affects my thinking and my mood, as well as some top tips for those occasions where you might feel you're not getting a good night's sleep. Well, I've created a bonus exclusive episode that you can get if you're a member of ACAS Plus or Patreon. And in that episode, you'll get lots of new top tips and ways to promote sleeping patterns that are really healthy. So that brings me to the end of this episode, which has been dedicated to sleep. I want to say a big thank you for joining me. And as always, please look after that incredible brain of yours. Until next time, take care. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 